How I Made It in America, where we peek into the minds of successful entrepreneurs, movers, and shakers with your host, Frazier. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. You're listening to How I Made It in America, and I'm your host, Fraser Phrase, and I'm Azalea. Awesome. So today's show, we have a very special guest, right? This is a local guy that graduated from Springbrook High School, went to Ohio State, played in the major league NFL, right? Um, I'm talking about no one other than Sean Springs. Good morning, Sean. How you doing, sir? Hey, how you guys doing? I'm doing awesome and awesome. So, look, I know you are a sports guy. You're in the sports. That's your life. But we're going to talk business today, right? Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, I have no problem talking business. Man. Awesome, awesome. So, look, I know you play in the NFL. Your dad was also in the NFL. So, your your path that you've taken thus far, is it something that your dad instilled in you? Or is it something that, that you automatically thought of this is what you wanted to do? Uh, you're talking about as far as my football career and then and then post career. Um, I, I I think from a football perspective, I, I think you kind of like you grow up and you you, you kind of follow your dad's football your steps and you kind of you're watching and you say, man, I want to grow up and I want to be like my dad or okay. I want to be like the next Bo Jackson or Deion Sanders and then then you know you realize that maybe you have done and. And, and, you know, you keep progressing going through high school. And, and like you said, I was awarded a, a scholarship to the Ohio State University. And then, you know, I was fortunate enough to be drafted in the NFL. So I know you got drafted in 1997 to the Seahawks, right? And were you happy with that draft pick? Or were you uh... – <laughs> Man, I cried on draft day, man. I cried on draft day. And everybody was like, man, why you why you cry on draft day? I was like, because you know what? Being a kid from the Washington, D.C. area, I was like, where is Seattle? Where is – that's the other Washington, the state of Washington. Right. And it was one of the best things that happened to me, obviously, because – of, you know, the experiences, and I kind of grew up from a, a young man to, uh, to a man out in Seattle and, and, and fell in love with technology out on the West Coast. And, okay. And then uh, they, they, from there on, I've been, I've, been, I've been involved in it. So when you were playing for the Seahawks, you really, you cried because you wanted to, you're a Washingtonian, so you don't want to stay more to the side of the world. But tell me some of your neighbors. So you moved in, you, you, you got drafted. Mm-hmm. You moved to the Seahawks, and you moved into a really nice neighborhood because you're, you know, you're the NFL. Got drafted. Right? <laughs> right, right, right. So, uh, yeah. I, tell me, tell me about one of your neighbors that uh, was working from his garage. Tell me about that guy. Well, well, first of all, when I got to Seattle, for those who are out there listening, um, I was fortunate enough to be drafted by a very special man, a guy named Paul Allen. Most of you uh, know Mr. Allen. Most people in the business world know Mr. Allen from founder Microsoft. Um, you know, in the sports world, we understand he owns the Portland Trailblazers and the Seattle Seahawks. Right. So when I got out to Seattle, you know, I was living, you know, at 21 years old, living in a $2,700 uh, apartment, a condo, and I'm like, man, that's expensive, you know, for, you know, right. even back then, 20 years ago, it was expensive. And, and next thing you know, I realized that everybody else was young and working and i was just like that's interesting you know right. like man what do you do buddy and one of my friends said man i work for the same company you i work for mr alatel i work for microsoft wow. joked about it and then my other friend said man i'm gonna go work for this uh company uh that's starting to sell coffee and and water and stuff like that now starbucks like oh that's interesting okay okay <laughs> you know and, and then my and then i had like a, a girl in the neighborhood she said i'm gonna go work for uh, a startup that's starting to sell books online. 
Oh, wow. And I was just like, uh, books online. People going to buy books online? I, I don't know if that's a good idea. Yeah. Little, <laughs> little, do we know, little did I know at 21, 22 years old, you know, that company selling books online would become Amazon, that's, right? That's amazing. That's amazing. So you were surrounded by a lot of great energy of people that were moving forward and innovative and just on that grind. So that, so that, that was that where your mind started shifting into so okay maybe i, I know nfl is great mm -hmm. let, me ask, let me ask you a question so everyone was telling saying all these great things you're doing but you're like but i'm playing for the nfl wasn't that impressive enough in that yeah, crowd you know, yeah and it, and it was you know obviously people love being around sports and athletes right. and i think you know it's, it's, it's in our community everybody supports their local youth team right. or college team or pro team right and um so that that was cool and i and i guess it's you know, for me, it was a chance to be in a city that the whole city was transforming, right? Oh, you know, it was, you know, I got to see it firsthand, so. Oh, wow. Wow, so I know you got injured on, on the field, right? Not not mm -hmm. not, the, not the major one, but you got you got in a concussion, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I played football in high school. I'm not going to say I was great. I would like to say I was great. Okay, let me say that I was great, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, the story gets better as you're older. Absolutely, you, yeah, I was you gonna great. Be unreal. You're going to be unreal, and uh, you was unreal in like 10 years. You know, no, I was, actually, I was thinking about this last night. I said, you know what, if I played if I played and continued playing in, in high school, I, I would have probably gotten drafted, but then when you play other team that guys are much faster than you, it, it really messes with your confidence. You know, it's like, well, wait, maybe I'm not as good as I think I was. So that's kind of why, not that I walked away from playing football, but that was one of the reasons why, I, I, you know, but anyway, let's go back to your <laughs> let me go back into your world, right? So, so you got yep. injured on the field, and yep. and I remembered when I when I was playing in high school, the helmets weren't really the most the most yep. you know, it wasn't the safest thing to have on your head to play and, and play football. So you got injured, and did that was that when you had the idea, or was that it didn't cross your mind at that time? Well, it didn't cross my mind at the time. I think you know I always felt that injuries were a part of the game you know you can't play football which is a a beautiful sport when playing correctly but it's pretty violent okay so um and, and you know with my dad ron playing in the nfl so i used to see him and all his ailments and injuries and stuff like that so i knew it was a tough game so i always thought about injuries um i didn't really start to think about how, wanting to make the game safer until i had my own kids and wanted to be able to get back and like holy Okay. Wow. I mean, I, I don't want those kids. I know they want to follow my sons, want to follow my footsteps and my dad's footsteps. Right. But I want I want them to be playing the game or a generation of football where, you know, they're not worried about traumatic brain injury or concussions because we all know the stories of guys like Dave Durson. Right. And you know, one of my former teammates, Junior Seau, you know, who, who committed suicide and killed himself. Oh, so. Man. Oh, so I hear that. So, um, the traumatic brain injury, you know, not only football players and soldiers or anyone who's doing contact sports is real. So, I just want to make sure that, that, you know, for the next generation, get back. Okay. So, how did it all begin? Yeah, well, That's the you story. know, the, the, the story of how it all began. So, when I was at Ohio State, obviously, I was focused on football and I was drafted to Seattle and just being bit by the tech bug. And, and quite honestly, you know, I always was excited about meeting new people and different things. But, you know, for 13 years, I played the game to the best of my ability. 
Okay. And then I realized, you know, as my dad had always talked about networking, making right. sure, you know, why you're in the NFL, that you shake people's hand, ask them what they do. It's not all about you. And maybe right. cause those are some of the people when you're done playing, which could be anywhere for NFL from three to 13 years, unfortunately, to play. But he would always talk about making sure you network, introduce yourself, know people, because um, those are the people who are going to help you when you're trying to uh, relaunch your second career. Right, right. So when, and, in college, what was your major in college? I'm gonna, I'm my, gonna... my, my major in college was business marketing, and then I left school early. Okay. And then I promised my mom I would go back to school. It was important to her that I finished my degree. Okay. So I did. So right. I went back to school and um, finished my degree. And Okay. And then, and then, but I, but it was in sociology because I took classes at University of Washington while I was in uh, uh, playing for the Seahawks, and then I transferred back on Ohio State. But I mean, what got me started, man, is just I was just motivated. I always wanted to uh, have a little family office, invest in people. I wanted my my goal is even today is to invest in women and minorities and give them a chance to innovate and and to uh, bring their ideas to life and have successful businesses. That's awesome, man. And so, Sean, um, so often entrepreneurs talk about having that aha moment. Um, can you talk mm-hmm. about how that sort of happened for you after you invited Ken Duffy from Safety First yep. um, up to your suite and how oh, yeah, yeah. how that all came about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thanks for redirecting me. So one of my buddies said, hey, man, I have a guy. Um, and these tickets, do you have any tickets left? I said, all I have is two sweet tickets. And at the time, I was married and my wife was pregnant. And, and I said, sure, man. No, it doesn't, I mean, I might as well use them. So after the game, I came down and I shook a guy's hand, and his name was Ken Duffy. And he told me to introduce myself to his daughter, and they were down for a lacrosse tournament. He said, I'm the president of Safety First, and I'll send you some some car seats and some baby stuff. And sure enough, about a week later, I come home to both of the cars out of the garage and I'm just pouring down rain. And I'm just like, Hey, uh, why are the cars out of the garage? And I looked, I looked up the garage door and he had said, uh, enough baby products to fill up the garage for about two years. Oh, wow. And, uh, wow. it was car seats, jogger strollers and everything. And I was so thankful for Ken, <clears throat> but the bait that, but what, the idea that spurred out as a as a, a, a parent and you look for the safest technology for your kids to be in while you're driving, the Air Protect car seats made by Safety First was where I really saw the technology, and that is that is a technology that you know uh, that the aha moment where I saw the technology in this car seat and I was like, I wonder if this technology could be repurposed for something because it was u- unique. It absorbed and dispersed energy and it had all these fancy engineering worlds, words. And I was like, I wonder if this technology could be used for something else, used for something different, like football, repurposed for something else. Yeah, because it's a, um, it, it yep. was the car seats were supposed to protect kids in accidents up to like 45 miles per hour, right? Yep, and I figure if you can you can protect a baby's head in that type of impact. If you think about football as a series of impact sport, it's a, it's a series of car crashes. So why not try to see if this technology could be used in the helmets to make protect the, the players and athletes' head? Exactly. So okay, so then you've got the idea, but now you're obviously not an engineer at this point, right? So what uh, did you what did you do? What were your first steps? I would have been the first steps, as you know, well. Uh, uh, you know, talk to Ken. First thing I did is I went 
And I told one of my partners, a guy that I kind of, Maurice Kelly, ended up being my partner in Wimpact. I kind of ran this idea. I said, Maurice, I got an idea. I believe this technology by Safety First could be repurposed for something other than the car seats. And and our high mama came on with him once we talked through it. And then we flew up to Safety First and met with those guys. And and I tell you, they were so nice. And and they said, well, we're a $3 billion uh, company, and we would love to – we normally don't work with startups, but we're going to work with you for one reason. And I said, what is that? And they said, because we, we have the same interests and we all love kids. Okay. Oh, wow. And, and that's where the relationship was safety first. But I was able to get my – then I went and got my attorneys because I thought we was going to license the technology and realize that we could get our own. So I got my own patents. I have my own technology. And in 2014, we had two patents issued. And I started to build a team around that. In the first three years, before I even, uh, <clears throat> before I even uh, went to get investors or anyone else, you know, I studied the industry. Okay. Why had Why hadn't football changed in thirty years? Right. Mm. And and what I quickly realized is that there was there was three different things. One, when we went from a leather helmet to a, a plastic helmet, they were protecting against golf fractures. So the problem set was different. Now, it's, it's fast forward 50 years later, it, it's not worried about skull fractures, it's worried about concussions. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was the first thing. The second thing, there was a little bit of disconnect between the guys who actually made the helmets and mm-hmm. built the helmets and were selling them to the to the to the players and or the parents who were buying them at Dick's uh, and the medical doctors, right? right. The, the medical doctors are the ones protecting or, or, or healing the athletes once the injury. So they had really no input. So there was a disconnect between the two, the manufacturer and the medical professionals of the world. Right. And so that was like, right. so that needed to be, they needed to have input because they knew what they were seeing. Um, and, and the third thing, there wasn't all a push from the bottom. I think people, you know, until Time Magazine and Congress called a lot of the helmet manufacturers up on the hill, people just kind of said, well, that's just part of football, injury, right. and live with it, and, and didn't really understand the seriousness of concussions. And Time Magazine puts on the, the uh, deflated football on the cover and said, is football dead? And it talked about, you know, traumatic brain injury. A doctor, when the concussion comes out, a doctor Malu was talking about spots on the brain and CTE and the whole big NFL lawsuit and everything like that. That's when the, it went from, oh, now we should be taking this pretty serious. All right, hold, hold, hold tight, Sean. When we come back, you know, you are an NFL player, so folks are all assuming that, oh, he has money, they're going to just, just accept it. So we're going to deal with the grinding of you making this into a business when we come back in a few seconds. All right, hold tight, guys. Hold tight. Washington, D.C.'s News Talk, 1450 AM, WO at 95.9 FM. Hey, guys, you're listening to How I Made It in America, and I'm your host, Fraser Fraze, and you're listening to Sean Springs telling his story of how he made it in America. So, Sean, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Sean, so um, you're a former NFL player. Automatically, yep. people are going to assume because you have played in the NFL, the top of the top sport in the world that automatically people are just going to say, absolutely, let's do business together. Let's just make this thing happen because you're a former <laughs> football player. Easy. So let's talk about all of the ups and downs you had to deal with in bringing this to life. 
Oh, yeah, that's that's part of being an entrepreneur. And I tell you, you know, after going through the process, I mean, I would tell anybody, if this is, you got to have a, a little bit of grit and toughness and um, um, be able to accept the highs and lows, become an entrepreneur. It could be rewarding at the end, but it's a daunting challenge. And, man, you're right. I, I, I was fortunate to to have enough money to start myself off, uh, invest the first half million dollars myself, and went back and doing R&D and research. But, you know, which, what I quickly found out, it's, a lot of people, like, respect you and like you and think it's great that you're a football player and you had some success in your career, but business is a whole different world. Mm-hmm. You know, and people, and it's like a whole new career, and it's like starting all over. You're the rookie again. Right. Tell us what you know. And it takes sometimes it takes people 45 minutes to believe or understand like, wow, this guy actually knows what he's talking about. Right. You know, and then for me, you know, I had people and friends in business. But as an athlete, you always got a LeBron James, Steph Curry, a Kevin Durant to look up to. Right. For me, in the, being a minority and a, and, a, and a black man in the tech space, there was really no one I could look to. There was no. Uh, black Elon Musk or Steve Jobs or <laughs> so Eric Smith, you know. So you know, there there's not an example of that. I mean, I, I, I've met some uh, that work in the corporate world, but for the most part, you know, I, I felt like in the tech space that you know we minorities are uh, not always uh, represented. It represented completely so for me it feels it a little bit of alone and, and and i have a great team around me and i, I go out and I, and I try to raise money and i do raise money and sometimes it's like you know it sounds good but no and other times and they're friendly and other times they you know they believe in your trust and, and understand my vision of where i'm trying to go but it, it it has been a challenge it's not as easy as people think i know so what was that one major obstacle I always ask this all entrepreneurs because we know which one it is. What was that one major obstacle that could have stopped you, but you found ways to make it work? What was that obstacle? Well, I, I, I think um, there, there, there maybe not one major obstacle other than you have to have funding behind you to yeah. really grow your business. That's always a big challenge. I, I, I think the toughest part is maybe not the one big hurdle. It's being able to overcome several small hurdles or letdowns. Yeah. How do you bounce back from the uh, letdowns? How resilient are you? How do you focus on the small successes and, and, you know, and not lose sight of the big picture because it can be challenging sometimes where you don't get the, the sales or, yeah. you know, unless you're looking for, or, you know, you're dealing with employees yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that, that may or may not have the best interest in the business because they're by themselves. So Correct. it's a lot of different challenges that you face every day that you have to overcome and be able to manage through. Right. Yeah. One of the things that I really um, admire about you is that, you know, you, as much success as you've already had, you are still out there studying. You know, you spent a day over at Google to go and yeah. learn. And whenever you do, you know, fail at pitches, yes, Sean Springs also fails at pitches. <laughs> <laughs> you ask, what can I do to get better so that you can get back up and be better in the room next time? And that's, you know, very, can, and that's, and that's very humbling. I mean, uh, you know, your NFL player, it comes with the ego. So for you to say, hey, can you teach me? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, that's something that I, 
I look at this. It's a good thing. Well, I, I always believe in order to be a leader, you got to learn how to serve. So, okay. my, you know, I was one of those guys who, even when I played, I thought the greatest quality of a teammate was to be able to provide service to others and help them be better. I knew I was going to be good, but and I would work my tail off. But if I couldn't help my teammate – uh, make a right play or make the team or starting off with the secondary and then the defense then, and then ultimately the whole team, then what was, uh, you know, right. that's what it was about for me. And I take that same approach in business. How do you create a great culture? Uh, how do you motivate people uh, without, you know, uh, discourage, you know, you got to keep people motivated. It's like right. find out what are the little things that make them happy, what motivates them. Right. So it's one of those things that, you know, I, I constantly work at being better or just, you know, having that um, emotional intelligence, I guess you could say, where you just recognize, like, our, the millennials, like, he's, he's he likes to be able to work in the silo mm-hmm. and, you know, he, you know, got to have a little more freedom, but he's a, he's a smart kid and he's going to get it done. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> this person likes a little more structure and right. this. And so, you know, and it's, and it's been a learning curve. And I, and, I, and I tell you what, you know, no one. I've known through team sports have really had all the success they've had, uh, whether you're Tom Brady to anyone else, there's always been people to help you out and teach you and learn. So, I mean, that's what we do in the NFL. Raise your hand. Coach, I don't know. Can you show me? Got it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I take that same approach to the business. And so, I, I, you know, that's, that's what you do. So how was that pitch? So you had to pitch this to the NFL. Because you just can't say, here's a helmet, everybody wear it. You, you had to do that pitch. So how was your very first pitch pitching this to the NFL? Well, well, the, the thing is, you know, NFL has been great, great support to us. We've won three awards in NFL. And we're not a helmet company. See, I, I think for a lot of people seeing an NFL commercial, we're more of an ingredient technology. For those out there, it's easy to understand. And like, we're the Intel inside for anything protective gear, right? Wow. Today, we like to say we're a technology and applied science company that focuses on impact protection. I don't make the helmet for Rodell or Shut. I will make the liner system better. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't make the... I don't make the uh, the advanced combat helmet shell for the United States Army. I make the the padding system better. I don't. I make the door panels for a large automotive better. Or what else we working on? I work. I work with Under Armour to make the catcher's mask. So okay. we're an ingredient technology. So and when you, when you talk about the support to NFL, I go, how do you pitch to the NFL? You got to be able to demonstrate to the NFL or to any client. You know, especially when you're going in and talking to some of these big guys in the automotive space, it works. Right, right. Wow. You guys be able to demonstrate it works. Yeah, and so beyond um, <clears throat> just the helmets, you were able to also see how this is applicable, you know, in cycling and military and for equestrians, mm-hmm. automobiles, you know, that creativity. Um, you know, you were open to other ideas. Yeah, and, 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 what I, and the reason why I quickly realized that impact protection affects our everyday lives, and it goes beyond football, right? You know, the same helmet that my daughter wear in a cul-de-sac, you guys might be wearing, riding, looking at the monument that you see. So that, that technology has to be able to apply for a wide range of impacts. And so unique about our, our, our technology is, Right. We have a, a patented crash cloud solution that basically came out of the, the baby car seat that, you know, 
is tunable. It can be it can go from a car seat to bicycle helmet to uh, uh, we got a client in Australia who does uh, the, the the wall pads like at the travel. I got kids, man, so I associate everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, the wall the, the wall pads that you see in the basketball gym or the trampoline spot and things like that. So anything that needs impact protection, you guys are y'all gonna be like, wow, I'm thinking about it. Like so, you, we like the Gore-Tex for impact protection. We don't necessarily like the jacket or the boot or the glove. We right. make the material. For it, so oh, and we saw very we saw very difficult problems. That's amazing, that's man. Awesome. Let me ask you a question: What advice could you give up and coming entrepreneurs um, about being successful? What to expect, and you know, being an entrepreneur? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say the first thing is just not you know not to discourage anyone, but uh, being an entrepreneur is not for everybody. It's not for it. No, it's, it's not, not for everybody. Establish that you know there's a lot of risk involved and there's a lot of hard work and and managing people. So you got to really take a hard look at yourself and say, is this something or am I in a place in my life I can do this? Because it's 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 not easy. I mean, you talk about a person who's, who's used to having success because you work harder than everybody and you're talented. You you can win. Doesn't always work like that in business. Yeah. <laughs> right. know, it's not always the case. You know you could you know. Got it. So what's next for you? Well, I, you know, my, my, my goal is to build Winpack to an outstanding and most advanced impact protection company in the world. Much like, you know, everyone thinks 3M is a sticky note company, but they don't realize that they do all the paints and all, everything else, everything mm-hmm. else you can think of. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so I want to build Winpack. And then the next step after Winpack, I would love to – be able to be a role model or a mentor and be in position to help other uh, women and minorities um, who face a little um, unconscious bias towards investing and give them an opportunity. Mm. You know, I want to be able to, I want to be able to, and this is not just, uh, but everybody, I, I, I'm, I'm all for just helping people provide service and support people who have brilliant ideas. Oh man, thank you so much, man. Um, can you tell everyone your angle so where they can find you on social media? Yeah, well, and I and I, and I'm still learning. I'm, I let my my 11 year old is my boss when it comes to my social media. <laughs> there you go. There you he go. He teaches me everything, but um, <laughs> he teaches me. But you can uh, my my uh, Twitter is Sean Springs at Sean Springs. Um. You can find me on my email address is, is at Webpack, but uh, um, Instagram, I'm uh, Spreezy24, and then we got a Webpack Instagram and everything, too. So uh, All right. just look me up. I'm easy to find, man. You Google Webpack, my company, and everybody, it pops up, and, or LinkedIn. You can hit me at Sean Springs. I answer my LinkedIn, right. so I, I support people. All right. Awesome. Thank you so thank much, you man. So much, Sean, Sean, thanks so much for being okay. on the show. We really appreciate you. Hey, guys, I want to give a special shout-out to my guy Jody's from Jody's Good Mood Cafe in Bellsville, Maryland, the best seafood, the most hidden secret in Beltsville. Jody's Good Mood Cafe. See you guys next Tuesday on How I Made It in America. How I Made It in America. See you next Tuesday at 11 a.m.